0: chapter twelve of wolfbane by frederick pole and c m cornbluth this librivox recording is in the public domain on mount everest the sullen stream of off and on responses that was mind to the pyramids had taken note of the new input signal it was not a critical mind its only curiosity was a restless urge to shove and haul and there was no shove and haul about what to it was perhaps the analogue of a man's hunger pang. The input signal said, Do thus. It obeyed. Call it craving for a new flavor. Where once it had patiently waited for the state that citizens knew as meditation on connectivity, and the pyramid itself perhaps knew as a stage of ripeness in the fruits of its wristwatch mine, now it wanted a different taste. Unripe? Overripe? at any rate different accordingly the high frequency weep weep changed in tempo and in key and the bouncing echoes changed and there was a ripe one to be plucked its name was innocent and there another gala tropile and another another oh many others a baby from tropiles nursery school and the wheeling jailer and a woman tropile had once coveted on the street once the ruddy starched to sugar mark of ripeness had been what human beings called meditation on connectivity and the pyramids knew as a convenient blankness Now the sign was sort of empathy with the component named tropile It didn't matter to the pyramid on Mount Everest. It swung its electrostatic scythe and the call them tropile topes were harvested It did not occur to the pyramid on Mount Everest That a component might be directing its actions how could it perhaps the pyramid on mount everest wondered if it knew how to wonder when it noticed that different criteria were involved in selecting components these days if it knew how to notice surely even a pyramid might wonder when without warning or explanation its orders were changed not merely to harvest a different sort of component but to drag along with the flesh and blood needful parts a clanking assortment of machinery and metal, as began to happen. Machines? Why would the pyramids need to translate machines? But why, on the other hand, would a pyramid bother to question a directive, even if it were able to? In any case, it didn't. It swung its scythe and gathered in what it was called to gather in. Men sometimes eat green fruit and come to regret it was it the same with pyramids and citizen germine fell into the unsuspected trap avoiding connectivity he thought of glenn tropile and the unfelt hf pulses found him out he didn't see the eye that formed above him he didn't feel the gathering of forces that formed his trap he didn't know that he was seized charged catapulted through space caught halted and drained It happened too fast one moment he was in bed the next moment he was elsewhere there wasn't anything in between it had happened to hundreds of thousands of components before him but for citizen germine what happened was in some ways different he was not embalmed in nutrient fluid formed and programmed to take his part in the pyramid structure for he had not been selected by the pyramid but by a single wild component tropile he arrived conscious awake and able to move he stood up in the red-lit chamber vast thundering clashes of metal buffeted his ears heat sprang little fonts of perspiration on his skin it was too much too much to take in at once oily-skinned madmen naked were capering and shouting at him it took him a moment to realize they were not devils this was not hell he was not dead this way they were bawling at him come on hurry it up he reeled following their directions across an unpleasantly warm floor staggering and falling the binary planet was a quarter denser than earth until he got his balance the capering madman led him through a door a sphincter or trap it was not like anything he had ever seen but it was a portal of a sort and on the other side of it was something closer to sanity. It was another room, and though the light was still red, it was paler, calmer red, and the thundering ironmongery was a wall away. The madmen were naked, yes, but they were not mad. The oil on their skin was only the sheen of sweat. Where, where am I? he gasped. Two voices, perhaps three or four, were all trying at once. He could make no sense of it citizen germine looked about him he was in a sort of chamber that formed a part of a machine that existed for the unknown purposes of the pyramids on the binary planet and he was alive and not even alone he had crossed more than a million miles of space without feeling a thing but when what the naked men were saying began to penetrate the walls lurched around him it was true he had been translated he looked dazedly down at his own bare body and around at the room and then he realized they were still talking when you get your bearings feel all right now come on citizens snap out of it germine blinked another voice was saying peevishly tropile's got to find some other way to bring them in that foundry wasn't meant for human beings look at the shape this one's in Sometime somebody's going to come in and we won't spot him in time and fit the first voice said can't be helped hey are you all right citizen germine looked at the naked man in front of him and took a deep breath of hot sour air of course i'm all right he said the naked man was Hendel. the tropile pedal said to the alanarova pedal got another one it's citizen germine the pedal fluttered feebly in soundless laughter the alanarova pedal said Glenn, come back. The whole propulsion numa just went out of circuit. Tropile pulled his attention away from his human acquisitions in the chamber off the foundry and allowed himself to fuse with the woman personality. Together, they reached out and explored along the pathways they had laboriously traced. The propulsion numa was a complex of navigation computers, drive generators, coarse vectoring units that their own unit had been originally part of until glenn tropile by waking its components had managed to divert it for a purpose of his own the two of them reached out into it dead end it was out of circuit as alan had said one whole limb of their body their new jointly tentative body that spanned the whole planet and reached across space to earth had been lopped off quick quick they separated traced separate paths they came together again still dead-end the dyad that was tropile and the woman reached out to touch the others in the snowflake and communicate not in words not in anything as slow and as opaque as words the pyramids have lopped off another circuit the compound personalities of the snowflake considered its course of action reached its decision acted quick quick three of the other members of the snowflake darted out of the collective unit And went about isolating and tracing the exact area that had been affected tropile we expected this they couldn't help noticing sooner or later that something was going wrong Allen but Glenn suppose they cut us out of circuit we're stuck here we can't move we can't get out of the tanks if they know that we are the source of their troubles tropile let them know that's what we've got the others here for He was cocky now self-assured fighting for the first time in his life He was free to fight to let his wolf blood strive to the utmost and he knew what he was going to fight for This wasn't a matter of Hendel's pitiful tanks and carbines against the invulnerable pyramids This was the invulnerability of the whole pyramid system turned against the pyramids It was a warning the fact that the pyramids had become alert to danger And had begun cutting sections of their planetary communication system out of the main circuit but as a warning it didn't frighten tropile it only spurred him to action quick quick he and the woman personality dissolved sped away figuratively they sought out the most restive components they could find shook them by the shoulder tried to wake them actually well what is actually the physical fact was surely that they didn't move at all for they were bound to their tank and to the surgical joinings, each to the other, at their temples. No crawling child in a playpen was more helplessly confined than Tropile and Alonerova and the others. And yet no human being had ever been more free. Regard that imbecile servant of every man, the thermostat. He runs the furnace in every man's house. He measures the dunness of every man's breakfast toast he valves the cooling fluid through the radiator of every man's car if every man's house stays too hot or too cold the man swears at the lackwit switch and maybe buys a new one to plug in but he never never thinks that his thermostat might be plotting against him thermostat to man equals man to pyramid only that and nothing more it was not in the nature of the pyramid to think that its components once installed Could reprogram themselves. No component ever had. But before Glenn Tropile, no component had been wolf. When Tropile found himself, he found others. They were men and women, real persons with gonads and dreams. They had been caught at the moment of blankness, yes, and frozen into that shape, true. But they were palimpsest personalities on which the pyramids had programmed their duties. Underneath the pyramid's Kabbalistic scrawl, the men and women still remained they had only to be reached tropile and al reached them one at a time then by scores the pyramids made that possible the network of communication that they had created for their own purposes encompassed every cell of the race and all its works tropile reached out from his floating snowflake and went where he wished anywhere within the binary planet to the brooding pyramid on earth through the eyes wherever he chose on the earth's surface physically he was scarcely able to move a muscle but oh the soaring range of his mind and vision citizen germine was past shock but just the same it was uncomfortable to be in a room with several dozen other people all of them naked uncomfortable once it would have been brain-shattering for a citizen to see his own citizeness unclothed was gross lechery to be part of a mixed and bare-skinned group was unthinkable or had been now it only made him uneasy he said numbly to Hendel, citizen i pray you tell me what sort of place this is later said Hendel gruffly and led him out of the way stay put he advised we're busy and that was true something was going on but citizen germine couldn't make out exactly what it was the naked people were worrying out a distribution of some sort of supplies there were tools and there were also what looked to citizen germine's unsophisticated eyes very much like guns guns it was foolish to think they were guns citizen germine told himself strongly nobody had guns he touched the floor with an exploratory hand it was warm and it shook with a nameless distant vibration he shuddered Handel came back yes they were guns Handel was carrying one hours he crowed that tropile must have looted our armory at Princeton by the looks of what here I doubt if he left a single round of ammunition what the hell they're more use here But what are we going to do with guns? Handel looked at him with a savage amusement. Shoot, Citizen Germain said. Please, Citizen, tell me what this is all about. Handel sat down next to him on the warm, quivering floor and began fitting cartridges into a clip. We're fighting, he explained gleefully. Tropile did it all. You've been shanghaied, and so have all the rest of us. Tropiles alive he's part of the pyramid communications network don't ask me how but he's there and he has been hauling men and weapons and God knows what all the way up from earth You're on the binary planet now, you know, and we're going to bust things up So the pyramids will never be able to put them back together again understand Well, it doesn't matter if you don't all you have to understand is that when i tell you to shoot this gun you shoot nimbly citizen germine took the unfamiliar stock and barrel into his hands muscles he had forgotten he owned straightened the limp curve of his back squared his shoulders and thrust out his chest it had been many generations since any of citizen germine's people had known the feeling of being an armed man a naked woman with wild hair and full, soft figure came toward them, jiggling in a way that agonized Citizen Germine. He dropped his eyes to his gun and kept them there. She cried, Orders from Tropile. We've got to form a party and blow something up. Handel demanded, Such as what? I don't know what. I only know where. We've got a guide. And Tropile particularly asked for you, Handel. He said you'd enjoy it. And enjoy it, Handel did. Anticipation was all over his face. They formed a party of a dozen. They armed themselves with the guns Tropile had levitated from the bulging warehouse at Princeton. They supplied themselves with gray metal cans of something that Handel said were explosives, and with fuses and detonators to match. And they set off with their guide. A guide! It was a shambling, fearsome monster. When Citizen Germyn saw it, he had to fight an almost irresistible temptation to be ill. Even the bare skin around him no longer mattered. This new horror canceled them out. What? What? He strangled, pointing. Hendel laughed raucously. That's Joey. What's Joey? He works for us, said Hendel, grinning joey was neither human nor beast it was not pyramid it was nothing citizen germine had ever seen or imagined before it crouched on many jointed limbs and even so was twice the height of a man its ropey arms and legs were covered with fine chitinous spines laid on as close as hairs in a pelt and sharp as thorns there was a layer of chitin around its reddish eyes what was more horrible than all It spoke. It said squeakily You all ready? Come on, snap it up. The pyramids have got something big building up, and we've got to squash it. Citizen Germine whispered feverishly to Hendel. That voice it sounds odd, yes, but isn't it Tropile's voice? Sure it is. That's what old Joey is good for, said Hendel. Tropile says he's telepathic, whatever that is makes it handy for us." And it did—telepathy was the alien's very special use to Glenn Tropile. For what Joey was, in fact, was another component from a previous wristwatch mine. Joey's planet had once circled a star never visible from Earth. His home air was thin, and his home sunlight was weak, and in consequence his race had developed a species of telepathy for communicating at long range this was handy for the pyramids because it simplified the wiring and it was equally handy for Glenn tropile once he managed to wake the creature with its permission he could use its body as a sort of walkie-talkie in directing the tactics of his shanghaied army that permission was very readily given Joey remembered what the pyramids had done to its own planet come on ordered Joey in tropiles filtered voice and they hastened through a straight and achingly cramped tunnel in single file, toward what Tropile said was their target. They had nearly reached it when, abruptly, there was a thundering of explosions ahead. The party stopped, looking at each other, and got ready to move on more slowly. At last it had started. The pyramids were beginning to fight back. The End of Chapter 12 of Wolfbane.